Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Listeners, I would like you to take a moment and focus on the word men. I don't want you to think about a particular man, but the gender as a whole. So what comes up for you when you think of that word? How much of what you thought of was positive? Now I'd like you to think about a particular man, maybe your father, your partner, your son, or maybe it's yourself. How much of what you identified for the generic men match what you identified for that particular man in your life. We want men to be open, caring, supportive, and involved. But do we really make the space for them to do that? And what would that look like if we did? So Life and Relationship Ninja Brian Reeves is here to tackle what is missing for men to be able to step into their full self. So, Brian, thanks so much for being on the show and talking about what I think is a really both important and timely topic of conversation. Yeah. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here and talk about this specifically. Great. So what prompted me to contact you was you wrote a blog post entitled, Men Need a Safe Place to Feel, and in parentheses, you have angry. So anger actually has traditionally been the acceptable emotion for men to express. So can you explain what's missing for them around feeling anger? Yeah, well, well, I'd actually, I actually, I really understand why you would say that, that men has, that that anger has been the safe emotion for, for men to express. I, and I can see that there's, there's, you know, you look at the Kavanaugh hearings, for example, where here was a man whose anger Wow. Yeah. In 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 one sense, uh, electrified his supporters. Like, yeah, he, like he was justified in his anger. His anger is what kind of kept him, got him that nomin- got him through the process. But then, on the other hand, you had a whole whole world of people who said that's bullshit. He has no right to be angry. Like, and and I I think, so I think you know the the key word that I, I wrote in that blog is men need safe places to feel angry because what happens is. Yes, anger is the go-to emotion for men, but we have never it's never been a safe emotion for us or for other people. Feeling anger usually means somebody's going to get blasted, either either someone else in the, the one in front of me or I'll blast it on myself. I will just swallow the anger and I will blast myself on the inside. And so <clears throat> what I what I wrote this article for and what I do in this particular work is help men create containers within which we can feel our anger. Containers meaning, meaning certain spaces within which nobody is going to be the brunt of our anger, including ourselves. And, you know, there's this other idea, Leslie, that, and, I, and I get this as well, that, well, men don't have any right to be angry because we're the <laughs> oppressors. You know, we're, we right. run, the, run the world. What the hell do we have to be so angry about? You know, it's women who should be angry. Or maybe black men, should, they, they can be angry. You know, minority men, everyone else gets to be angry, but, you know, especially white men, what the hell do you guys have to be angry for? You're running the show. And I get that also. 
Mm-hmm. But being human is infuriating. There's so much <laughs> injustice in any human being's life. There are so many things that happen that we don't want to ha- have happen that way. None of us are in, are in control of the outside world. I mean, all of us are, are experiencing heartbreak on a daily basis in one form or another. I think, you know, when I wrote this article and doing this work, I'm not saying that no one else has a right to be angry, just men. What I'm saying is really that if we are going to have a, a safer and more humane world, that everybody really needs safe places to feel and express their anger where, where um, it, n- no one gets hurt. And especially, especially, I think, men. What happens when we, when, what happens when we men don't have those safe places to, <clears throat> to express out our anger? Well, we do take it out on the world, <clears throat> on our, our, our intimate partners, on... Um, you know, traffic on the person who just cut us off or we take it out on ourselves and we beat ourselves up on the inside, which causes us to shut down and not really be fully present with the world. So that's really where I'm coming from with this, with that article. Yeah, and I, and, and I really love that because, you know, it's... We, we, all, we all are emotional creatures, it's part and parcel of our biological design, which, I mean, there's a whole lot out there that, you know, emotions aren't particularly useful. Think of, you know, the Spock character in Star Trek where, you know, emotions are illogical. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. They're, they're not illogical in my view. They're just not clean. You know, they, there's, there's, because I don't know if, if the reason why they're not clean is because we're not really allowed to express them. But it comes from the time we're little kids. I mean, granted, I'm, I'm a woman, and this, is, you know, and this was something that came from my dad, and I think he was just uncomfortable with uh, emotions. Because, I mean, he actually would say to me and my two sisters, if you don't stop crying, I'll give you something good to cry about. And I'm like, um, right. you know, if we're crying, right. we think we have something good to cry about. Or if we're angry, we, you know, there's a reason for it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> As right. I always love this, you know, and, and, you know and, and, it's, and it's what happens to little boys, you know, about, well, you know, you've got to man up, and if you cry, you're a sissy, and all these other ridiculous things yeah. that, you know, or women, if they cry, they're hysterical. I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, can we stop this? But I think it yeah. really is, comes from this place, and, and, and it's talking about this safe space that, that you mentioned, is where is it that we can go? Where is it that it's safe to experience and express? Because we can, you know, we can experience emotion, the emotions anywhere, yeah. but the whole difference yeah. in expressing yeah. them, sometimes even just expressing them to ourselves. Well, and this is what I, I use this word containers. We need to to create containers for this. And and you know my 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 long my big vision is that we have just now like we have yoga studios and gym gymnasiums, you know, gyms where workout gyms where you can go and work out. You can go um, <coughs> having anger studios or emotion studios where we can go and work these emotions out of our bodies, where we can. Um, 
ex- feel our bodies. Ex- uh, you know, what I did with these in that article, I, I shared a story about um, the retreat, the men's retreat that I, mm-hmm. had, I was leading, and I had seven men in the woods <clears throat> screaming out their rage, and but doing it in a way that didn't hurt themselves, didn't hurt anyone else, and didn't hurt the environment. But really okay. being with their anger, you know, it wasn't the greatest container because you know, had some hikers come along, it would have been terrifying for those hikers. They wouldn't know what the hell we were doing. But um, we were, you know, we were otherwise, though, we were in a really good container where we could just, you know, get it out of our bodies and express, just be with this raw emotion, which is incredibly invigorating. And I think this is what happens for a lot of men is because we don't have containers. Look, you could sit in your car and do a, you know, what's called a primal scream, don't drive the car, just sit in the car, you know, or, or, you know, if you have a garage or, or just a room in your house or, but where you can really allow yourself to feel your anger. Cause what a lot happens for a lot of men is when we don't allow ourselves to feel it, it will come out one way or another, or we'll shove it down and it will cause dis-ease and sickness or just complete lack of presence within our relationships and our work and our lives if we don't have healthy ways of moving that energy through our bodies. Well, and I think that's a really important thing. And by the way, sign me up for that emotion, Jim. Um, But this is Uh, what I think people don't understand is that emotion doesn't go away. It it will find a way out like water going down a hill. Um, it's going to find the path of least resistance. And sometimes, that, like you're talking about, that path of least resistance is to turn it inwards, but it's still going to do its, you know, emotions are still going to have their impact. And so I think it's critically important that people who try to shut out or shut down or turn off emotions have no concept of what it is they're doing. They're actually doing damage. But yeah. I did want to go back to something that you said earlier. And it, it was talking about, especially white men and, and, and being angry and what, what do they have to be angry about. Um, but you actually specifically talk in this article about what some of the drivers of men's anger, and that would be men all, you know, just collective, white, black, yeah. Asian, Hispanic, yeah. you name it, whatever, yeah. just men. What is yeah. it that is the source of their anger? Well, Two two main things that I see, and one is, you know, as we're growing up as children, especially when we get that message, don't don't feel what you're feeling, don't cry, boys don't cry, don't be a pussy or be a girl, like as if it's bad to be a girl, all that stuff. (laughs) We're essentially we're essentially being told to deny our nature, deny our nature. That is infuriating to, the, to anybody. When you're told to deny who you are in this moment, don't be who you are right now. Don't be it. Be something you're not. That inherently is, is frustrating to, to the mind, the body, you know, the, 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 the being. I mean, think about it as an adult man. Whenever we're told to be something different than we are, it's immediately infuriating. So we uh-huh. grew up with that throughout our childhood being told to deny so much of our humanity. There's just so many ways that, that we're shamed as boys and then teenagers. Um, there's that. And here's the other part. So many of us grew up without feeling 
a deep connection with our fathers and our grandfathers. We grew up and feeling very alone in the world. Grew up, grew up, now here we are, you know, our mothers can't teach us how to be men. Our mothers can raise us to be kind, to be good citizens, to be good people, but a mom can't model for a young man what a man is and what a healthy man is, what a mature, heart-connected and powerful man is. And so most mm-hmm. of us grew up with, with male role models who were very dysfunctional at, at, or if not, if not just outright missing, or they were present but not really present. And so well, because, they were, because they were locked in this same um, pattern. It's they were generational. It's been, yeah. Of course. It's been handed down for generations. And so this is, this is fucking infuriating. You know, I'm, I'm 45, and, and it's just been the last few years that I also have really been, been understanding the, the depth of pain and anger and sadness that, yeah, I'm a, I'm a white man. Um, my, my dad left when I was four, although he was still kind of in my life. You know, he separated from my mother when I was four years old, and he was mostly missing for the next 15 years. And mm-hmm. that's so upsetting to not have your father be present. Um, and then even as an adult, knowing that, you know, my father's never been a man. I, he's a wonderful person. He's, he's got a good heart, but he's never been a man that I've felt like I can really trust for wisdom. He's never been a man that I felt like who could really show me the way to, to stepping into my own manhood and 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 a lot of men get caught in this this dilemma with their fathers where the father is is still trying to sort of assert his own manhood and he sees the son as competition or the father just doesn't give shit at all about how his son uh, evolves and grows and so he's just checked out of the conversation altogether in either case the result is a young man who's going to be who's going to feel either oppressed or completely neglected, and either of those, again, are infuriating for a man. Well, and it's also interesting because then there's the other option of, of living through their sons, that the things that they weren't able to accomplish, then they want their sons to do, um, which, again, is denying their, their son the opportunity to be their own person. But I really like the concept yes. that you have about what this is about is about finding a mentor, a model, and I think that that's supported by a lot of the research into the importance of intact two-parent households and or the active involvement of the dad or a, or a male figure to, to provide yeah. that emulation, to provide that, what I call kind of putting the bumpers on so that people don't spin out of control. There's somebody there, like you talked about, to contain in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely believe that a child needs, they need examples of of what is, is, um, especially a a child who who has a penis, I believe, (laughs) is deeply served by having the presence of another human being who has a penis who can help them. And again, it doesn't have to be a father. It could be an uncle. Mm-hmm. It could be a grandfather. It could be 
a, a, a friend of the mother. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. It doesn't have to be the same person, and it won't be the same person. I mean, I think that's one of the, the things that we've lost in the modern age is, you know, back through history, we lived in villages, and so there were all kinds mm-hmm. of men with all kinds of relationships to, our, to, our, to us that, that helped us, kind of helped show us what, what a man is. And again, look, I don't want to romanticize the past, I don't think men were any more uh, sort of hard connected and generous of spirit than they are to than they than they are today. But I think today there's a unique there's a unique absence in in a man's upbringing in that you know dad we don't work with we don't work the farm with dad anymore we don't we're not we don't spend mm-hmm. all day working the fields with dad. What we do is. You know, dad goes off to work and we don't see him for most of the day. Sometimes, you know, if he travels, we don't see him for weeks or days at a time. And, and, or if they get divorced, we don't, same thing. And so we do largely grow up missing, you know, even in school, most teachers are women. Are women. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the principal, you know, that in the, in the hierarchy of things, the, the sort of the leadership tends to be male, but we, that's not who we're having daily contact with. It's with our teachers who are women. And that's nothing wrong. It's beautiful. And this absence matters to young boys. And, and, I, need, and I need to tell a story. If my, if my son listens to this, he will kill me. Um, but boys notice the difference very early on because my son was not yet, maybe he was two. I think he might have been two when he happened to see both his father and me without our clothes on and made a comment about, that I was missing a certain appendage. Uh, and so I mean, they noticed very early. And so this is uh-huh. a really important thing for people to consider. Now, this is yeah. Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking about men and anger and other emotions as well with relationship coach Brian Reeves. And the stereotypical view of men does not serve anyone. And while we've been talking about it, men have thrived in some areas, it hasn't come without a cost, both to them and to those around them. And in the best of all worlds, both men and women are able to be their authentic selves and be accepted. Most of us struggle with unspoken expectations of how we should be as men and women, and this impacts how we show up in our most intimate relationships. And if this resonates with you, and you would like to change it, I invite you to contact me to learn more about my 90-Day Hero Husband Project. You can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Or send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching and is in Nancy, C is in Charlie.com. And now I want to get back to this important conversation with Brian. And so one of the things that you talked about in your article is how anger is related to sadness. So can you elaborate mm-hmm. on that? Yeah. I once heard uh, a friend of mine, another uh, uh, coach who works with men, uh, his name is Joshua Hathaway, define anger as the place where passion meets powerlessness. Passion meets powerlessness. Interesting. So we, we have, a, we have a, you know, a passion, which means like a, a desire for, for an experience. Uh, 
and then powerless to create it or to have it. And so the natural eruption is in that is, is, is anger, especially for men. And what I find <coughs> is that, especially when we do this, this kind of anger yoga practice, or something we'll talk about, we've talked a little bit about, but this, when we start to just allow ourselves to feel our anger, whether through a meditation, there's different kinds of meditation where you can feel your anger, or through therapy, processing anger, um, whatever, underneath is sadness. It's the, it's the, it's the, the passion that is unfulfilled. There's a grieving that has not been experienced in the body. And so we hold it, you know, anger is a form of kind of resisting what is. And a particularly persistent, persisting anger that, and it's interesting, a lot of men will say, well, I'm not very angry. But they'll say it when <laughs> yeah. they're, even though their body's very tight, you know, they're, they're stiff in their body. Yeah, they say it through clenched teeth. Yeah. They say mm-hmm. it through clenched teeth or, and what I find is that actually a man generally, again, living on planet Earth is fucking infuriating. There's so much injustice we're experiencing on a daily basis. Just the fact that we die is an injustice in itself. <laughs> so um, anger is such a part of our, of our human experience. And so much of, of, of what is underneath it is unprocessed grief. There's a grieving. For example, mm-hmm. my father. I'm, I'm, never, I'm never going to have a childhood where my father was present. That's not available to me in this lifetime. It's done. It's over. And mm-hmm. it still hurts. And I can be angry even still today. I don't have the relationship with my father that I, that I long for. And I don't know how to create it. You know, I've worked. I've had conversations with him. He's still alive. He just, mm-hmm. he just doesn't, that, that for whatever reason, it's just not turned on in a way that really, that, that works for me. And I can just say, yeah, fuck it. You know, I got other things to worry about. Let me just do this other stuff over here. I, I ain't got time for him. I just want to call him. Do I can do that and shut down to my anger, but my relationship is going to feel that. My partner is going to feel my shutdown, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's not good for my relationship. So what's had to happen is to feel the sadness, to really be with my sadness of, of the grieving of, wow, this is, a, this is like the death of a dream that never will be. And that's what, there's so much for us men to grieve. I remember uh, selling a truck just a couple of years ago. I sold a truck that, I, that had carried me and five other five of my friends around the country for a year. We were, I was managing a band and we had this magical experience traveling all over the United States and Canada uh, doing these concerts and performing. It was an incredible, we had a dream of, of, you know, obviously like any band of, of being the next big thing in the world. And, And we were doing this beautiful spiritual music and, and we had some amazing success. And then the band broke up and then a couple of years went by, you know, that truck took us to Burning Man three times. It, it got me from mm-hmm. Miami to California. It, like really, I slept in that truck at times when I had nowhere else to go. You know, I, I um, made love to my fiance in that truck. You know, there's just like so many experiences in that truck. And then one day I had to sell it because the air conditioner broke down and it was going to be more too expensive mm-hmm. to, to pay for the, to pay to fix it than the truck was even worse. And Leslie... The day I sold that truck, I cried like a 
baby. I sobbed and cried. I had no idea that I had, and this was, you know, I was, I was finally processing the grief of the band not mm-hmm. gaining the success that we wanted, of, of, of losing, like once the, once the band broke up, these five men, this, the six of us, we all kind of split ways, and we never really got to be with each other again. And we were like, we were brothers. And the it loneliness is a huge loss. I mean, just, just, your, just your sharing that, I'm, I'm feeling the loss. And see, that's yeah. something that we all feel. What, whether it's over a truck or a pet or a relationship or, I mean, like you're talking about you know, grieving the relationship you're never going to have with your dad. I mean, these are real things that we need to, not, we need, we need to allow to happen because they, they're not going to disappear. They're going to go underground, and then as soon as there's like a little it's like the little hole in the dike, you know, you know, there's a little place for them to come out. They come out, and they come out in completely unrelated and uncontrolled and, un, you know, it's like, what the heck was that? And, you know, as opposed to really creating that place. So, God, I would love to stay with this, but um, so is this what anger yoga, is, is, is this what your concept of anger yoga is about? Because I love you talking about you know, being mad, you know, being, doing angry meditation, and I'm thinking that seems to be a little oxymoronic, but I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's many ways to, to meditate, and I think one of the most powerful meditations that I've ever done in meditative practices is to set a timer for 20 minutes in whatever my meditation space is, and it could be, again, it depends on what you're experiencing, what you're going through, but... Mm-hmm. Um, to set in, setting a timer for 20 minutes and then feeling, being in the fully in the feeling experience rather than rationalizing away anger or mm-hmm. rationalizing away. You know, I've, I've, I've heard of men who, I remember a story a friend of mine told about a, a young boy who, who, who had just lost his mother. And the father basically told the kid, look, get over it. Your mom's gone. That's it. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. We need to deal with it and move on. You know? And so mm-hmm. creating the, the space, yeah, it's, I mean, that just hurts <sighs> to even hear that. And yet it's so common. Even it it's is. just so common. And that's the big stuff. I mean, even the little stuff. Like I had no idea, you know, my band breaking up. Again, most men will just say, well, you know, look, it's over. It didn't work out. On to the next thing. Rather than processing the sadness, the frustration, the anger, the... So, you know, one, one place that I find is a good place to feel anger is in the shower. In the mm-hmm. shower, just doors closed, water's running. Maybe you had a rough day at work or maybe you're, um, you know, pissed off at, I don't know, something. Could be maybe an ex-partner, maybe, again, father or mother or God only knows what. There's all kinds of things. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. That's what you're feeling. It, does, it, does, it doesn't really matter. And in the shower maybe giving sort of some guttural, uh, you know, and you'll forgive me here for a minute. I'm going to be kind of, I'm going to be kind of nasty, but maybe it's in the shower. I remember going through this a few years back with an ex-girlfriend that, you know, it was two, two or three years after we broke up and finally some anger, I was going through some anger. And I remember being in the shower going, 
Now, again, I'm in the shower. Nobody hears me. I'm not going to say these things to her. I'm not right. going to say these things to anybody. These, this, it would be horrible to say these things to someone or to write a letter and say it would be horrible. That's not the intention of this. To be, the intention of this is to just get the ugliness out, if you will. It's not spiritual. Yeah. It's not kind. It's, it's kind in the sense that I'm not actually doing it to anybody. I'm just having a moment to be kind of my primal, nasty, angry self. And just in the shower, and like, fuck, fuck you. God fucking damn it. I can't believe you did that shit to me. And kind of, you know, again, it's an intentional practice of just knowing mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it's not about whether this is true or not. I'm just expressing an anger that is present. And it's, and it's the, the, and I, I went through that with that, with that ex-partner. Again, she was nowhere in the scene. Just mm-hmm. what was coming up was related to that. And I, I went through that maybe for about a month. I did it maybe four or five times over the course of a month when I would feel it in the shower. And wow, it was so invigorating. I, I, I remember really feeling like, okay, I'm not angry anymore. I finally, I didn't have to get closure with her. I didn't have to prove anything to her. I didn't have to, you know, get an apology from her. I didn't, there was, it wasn't about her. And that's the thing is so much of our anger. We think that we need someone else to do something so that we can feel not angry anymore. I need, you know, I need dad to call me more or I need dad to get out of my way or I need my, I need my wife to, to be, to be more agreeable, to be, stop being so difficult, to stop making up problems that don't exist. You know, I need traffic to be faster. I need, I mean, mm-hmm. it's endless. And that's a moving target that we're never, ever, ever going to land. We, we just, there's, there's no place to land that, that, that plane. So rather, this practice gives us a, a venting for our upset, for our anger, so that when we're when as we do this now when i come back and see my partner ah i'm not carrying all that so i can be more fully present with her and i'm not so i'm not i'm not seeing her through the filter of my anger and my resistance but rather i'm seeing her more with more clear eyes as this is the woman i love this is the woman i've chosen so i can be with her knowing that i can also be with my anger I can be with both. And that's really the great gift of this practice. And, and I think the mastery of man is to learn how to be with these paradoxes, be knowing that the world is never going to be the way I want it to be exactly. And that's going to hurt. And still I can show up and be a loving, full presence anyway. I was going to try to add something, but I don't think there's anything to add to that because that is just absolutely brilliant and what makes it so brilliant is that it is true (laughs) so can you please tell people where they can learn more about this practice this concept of feeling what we feel without having to I don't know, apologize for it. I mean, obviously we need to be, we need to be yeah. situationally aware, which I think, I think this practice helps people to be because if you have a safe place to let it out and you do it regularly, then it doesn't build up and come out when you're yeah. not expecting it. So where can That's I right. learn more, Brian? 
So I write a lot about this on my website, Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N, Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S, BrianReeves.com. That article there, Men Need Safe Places to Feel Angry, is there. I write a lot about this, this dance of, of masculine and feminine intimacy and, 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 and helping men, again, really understand I think I, I love being a man. It took me a long time to love being a man. And I, and to understand these primal rhythms and to own my anger and, and, and without apologizing for it, but also without beating other people up for it. So I write a lot about that and, um, and, and that paradox I spoke of. I think as men, when I, when I talk about this, men, there's sort of a knowing like, ooh, yeah, that feels right. Knowing that there's this paradox of, you know, how can we show up in a world that is going to constantly disappoint us and, and, and <laughs> challenge us? How can we show up and still be powerful and not lose ourselves and connect to our hearts and our balls and bring all of that power to the table in a way that, that really lights up the world um, even as the world continues to try to, uh, you know, subvert our attempts to save it? <laughs> it's all on my well, website, uh, brianreeves.com. Absolutely, because lumping all men into a box is just as unfair and dangerous as lumping all women together. We're all individuals with unique experiences and perspectives, and creating a world where this is not just allowed but also celebrated is the path to the critical connections that we all need in order to thrive. Now, i got to tell you, if you've been listening today, it isn't an easy path to walk. It takes courage and perseverance. And what I'm doing is inviting you to take the journey. So hopefully you'll keep listening to the show to learn more about relationships and how to be yourself in them. And until next week, stay loving. Oh.